Mesecha Sukkah, Perik Beis, Mesecha Aleph, until Perik Beis, Mesecha Dalet. Out of the five parochim of Mesecha Sukkah, the first two of them discuss the Sukkah itself and the mitzvah of Sukkah. Now, the first Perik's main focus was on the dimensions of the Sukkah, how to make the walls, how to make the Sukkah, which type of the Sukkah is valid, the technicalities and really the preparations which need to be made before Sukkah. The second Perik discusses the actual practical mitzvah of living in the Sukkah for the seven days of Sukkah, and specifically eating and sleeping in the Sukkah. Those are two big expressions of living, and so those definitely need to be done in the sukkah, as we will see throughout this perek. Now, we learnt in the beginning of the previous perek, the first mission of the Mesechta, in fact, that the Chachomim and Rabbi Yehuda argue as to what a sukkah is supposed to be for the week of sukkahs. According to the Chachomim and most Tanoim, the sukkah is supposed to be Diras Arai, a temporary place of living for the week of sukkahs. The Torah says, live there for a week, go out of your permanent living place and live somewhere temporarily for a week, whereas Rabbi Yehuda holds that it is supposed to be a permanent place of living, meaning for the week of Sukkot you go out of your regular permanent place of living and you go to live in a different place of living which you can live there permanently. And we saw a couple of ramifications of that argument, and in this Mishnah we will see another application of that machlekes. Hayoshin tachas one who sleeps underneath a bed, in the sukkah, and the same goes for one who eats underneath a bed in the sukkah. And the Gemara explains we are specifically referring to a bed where the distance between the floor and the bottom of the bed is at least ten tefachim. So he is sitting there underneath the floor of the bed. On the floor, and there is at least ten tefachim between the bottom of the bed and the floor. Layotzadei he has not fulfilled his obligation. He is not considered to be sitting in a sukkah. The reason being that he is underneath a different structure a different roof, and he is not considered to be under the roof of the sukkah. However, on Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda said, We would customarily sleep underneath a bed in the sukkah, in front of the Tamid Chachomim, and they didn't say anything to us, which shows that they agreed, and they did not think that we did not fulfill our obligation underneath the bed. Rabbi Yehuda holds that one who sleeps underneath a bed, is still considered to be underneath the roof of the sukkah and does fulfill his obligation. And the reason for Rabbi Huda is because he holds that a sukkah is considered a permanent place of living. Now certainly underneath a bed is not considered to be a permanent place of living. Maximum it's a very temporary place to sleep for a week maybe. But because the sukkah is considered much more significant in terms of a place to live, if you're underneath the bed, that does not nullify and make it as if you are not underneath the sukkah. Just like if you were in a house, and you were underneath a bed, let's say, you're still certainly considered to be underneath the house, and inside the house. So too over here, according to Rabbi however, the Chachom argue, because according to the Chachomim, the whole sukkah in its nature is only a temporary place of living. So it's just like the bed itself. So if you're underneath the bed, then it's considered to be like you're under the bed, and not inside the sukkah. Om Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon said, I have support for the opinion of the Chachomim, the one does not fulfill his obligation if he is underneath the bed, because there is a story which once happened with Tovi, the non-Jewish slave of Raman Gamliel. The halacha is that a non-Jewish slave owned by a Jew needs to keep all of the mitzvahs which a woman needs to keep. Now, a woman is exempt from a mitzvah aseisha as mangaroma, a positive mitzvah asei, which is bound to only a specific time. For example, sukkahs. Living in the sukkah is an obligation only on men, and not on women and non-Jewish slaves. So therefore, Tovi was exempt from the mitzvah of sleeping in the sukkah. And Rabbi Shimon retells how Shoyoyoshin Tachsamita 
Tovi would sleep underneath the bed inside the sukkah. As the Kenim and Raman Gamliel said to the other Tamid Chachomim who were there, Tovi Avdi, have you seen my servant Tovi? He's a Talmud Chacham. He's a wise man. And he knows that non-Jewish slaves are exempt from the mitzvah of living in the sukkah. And therefore, he is sleeping underneath the bed. Perhaps there will be enough room for everybody else. The point is, says Rabbi Shimon, and according to our way, meaning Gamliel was not telling them the halacha, Gamliel was not trying to tell them that one who sleeps underneath a bed does not fulfill his obligation. He was trying to point out that Tovi is a Talmud Chacham. However, from that passing comment of Ram Gamliel, the Madnu we learn, Shayoshim Tachsamita, the one who sleeps underneath a bed, Leyotzei Dechevosai, does not fulfill his obligation of Sukkah, and therefore Tovi, who is exempt from the mitzvah of Sukkah, slept underneath the bed, but somebody who is obligated in the mitzvah of Sukkah would not be able to sleep underneath the bed in the Sukkah. One who supports his sukkah with one of the sides of a bed. We're referring to a four-poster bed, where either where the person's head would be, or where his feet would be, at that end of the bed, there's sort of a large board which goes from the floor, or perhaps slightly above the floor, and then upwards. So you could technically use it as a wall. And the case under discussion is where he puts the bed next to where his sukkah will be, and that part of the bed serves as one of the rules of the sukkah. So once again, this is another ramification of the machlokes between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachomim. According to the Chachomim, that a sukkah only needs to be a temporary place of living, Kesheira, the sukkah is valid because even though it's likely that the bed will not remain there forever, and as soon as somebody moves the bed, the entire sukkah will move with it. The sukkah is dependent on this, and this is temporary. Nevertheless, it's it's valid. However, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, If the sukkah is not able to stand by itself without the bed, the sukkah is invalid, since the sukkah needs to be a permanent place of living. Continues the Mishnah, Sukkah Munduvleles, a sukkah whose sukkah is not even. There might be lots of schach there, but it's not placed in a arranged manner, such that most of the roof is covered in schach. Rather, the minority of the roof is covered in schach, such that there will be more sunlight which comes through than shade which is provided by the schach. So in general, if there is more sunlight than shade, meaning if the minority of the roof is covered by schach, then in general it's invalid. However, in this case, since there is lots of schach there, it's just not arranged properly, or in an alternative case, which is Tzidassam Rubim Mechamosa, if the shade is more than the sun, meaning the majority of the roof is covered by Sechach, however, that Sechach is not likely to remain there for a long time. It could be very weak Sechach, it's unlikely to remain there for a long time. Nevertheless, in both of these cases, Kesheira, the Sechach and the Sukkah is valid, since in the first case there's enough Sechach there, if you were to just arrange them properly, there would be more shade than sunlight. So it's already now considered to be that the majority is sechach and not open space. And in the second case, even though it's likely that it might blow away soon, nevertheless, as long as the sechach is there, and there is more sechach than empty space, the sukkah is considered to be valid. Ends of the Mishnah, Hamu'ubakim in bias. If the sechach is as thick as the roof of a house, even if the stars cannot be seen at all through the sechach, nevertheless, kashayra, the sechach, and the sukkah is considered valid. Certainly, midaraisa, and even midyabonon, they didn't decree that it looks like you're inside a house and somebody might come to have sukkahs inside a house. Since at the end of the day, you did place the sechach there yourself, even though you made it very thick, it is nevertheless valid sechach. 
Mr. Gimel, it is Kosabresha Golo, one who makes his sukkah on the top of a wagon, a Bresha Sfina, or on the top of a ship. Kashayor, it is valid because we are following the opinion of the Chachomim in the previous Mishnah, and not Rabbi Yehuda. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it would not be valid because this is certainly not considered a permanent place of living. Now, the halach is that a sukkah has to be strong enough to withstand regular winds which come. Now, if the sukkah is placed on top of a ship, there are typically much stronger winds. Nevertheless, even if it is not able to withstand very strong winds, as long as it is able to withstand regular winds which would be on the land, it is considered valid as long as it's standing, of course. Alright, and one is allowed to go up into the sukkah on Yom Tov, there is no reason why not to. This is in order to compare with the next part of the Mishnah, where one would not be able to go into the sukkah on Yom Tov, even though it is a valid sukkah. As we will see now, if one made a sukkah on the top of a tree, so there are a number of branches which are part of the tree which would serve as the floor of the sukkah, and he builds, let's say, four walls in the, in the tree, puts on sakhach, or gabi gomol, or if he makes a sukkah on top of a tree, on top of a camel, on its humps, kashayra, the sukkah would be valid, but in both of these cases, one would be forbidden to go up into the sukkah on Yom Tov, because it is forbidden to climb a tree midrabonon on Yom Tov or Shabbos, in case one comes to break off a branch, and it is similarly forbidden to ride an animal on Shabbos or Yom Tov, in case one comes to break off a branch from a tree, in order to use it to hit the animal, to encourage it to go faster or something. So it is still considered to be a valid sukkah, so for example on Chola one would be able to use that sukkah, but not on Yom Tov itself. Now what happens if Stein Ba'ilon, two of the walls of the sukkah, were inside the tree, balancing on some branches in the tree, and one wall is made by a person starting from the ground. So one wall starts from the ground and goes up and meets the other walls within the tree. Or if there are two walls which start from the ground going upwards, and one which is on the tree. Again, of course, the sukkah is, is valid, but the it is forbidden to go up into the sukkah on Yontav, since that's considered to be using the tree. It's known as Mishtamish Ba'ilon using the tree which on Shabbos is forbidden with Rabbanon. And the reason for this, as we will see at the end of this Mishnah, is that if you were to take the tree away, then the sukkah would not stand. So you are totally relying on the tree for the sake of your sukkah. And so it is forbidden to go there on Yom Tov. But Shalish the Adam, if there are three walls which are made by people from the ground, the Achas Ba'ilon, and only one wall is made inside the tree, Kesheo, it is valid, the own Lob Yom Tov, and you can go up into that sukkah on Yom Tov, as long as you don't climb the tree, you bring a ladder or something, and you make a proper floor in the sukkah, which is not the the branches itself, you attach a floor sort of halfway up the walls, so in that case you can go up to it on Yom Tov, the reason being that Zehaklol, this is the rule, Kol Shenital Ha'ilon, the Echola Lamb Fe'atzma, any case where if you were to take away the tree, the sukkah would still be able to stand by itself, Kesheyo, it is valid, V'Ol Nob Yom Tov, and you are allowed to go up to it on Yom Tov, and not only on Cholamoyed. However, if it is relying on the tree, then you would only be able to use that sukkah on Cholamoyed, because the sukkah itself is valid, it's just that Midrabonon, you cannot go up into the tree on Shabbos or Yom Tov. Mr. Dalad, in the previous few cases concerning a sukkah in a tree, the sukkah was actually sort of within the tree itself. It was built on top of branches, you would have to use a ladder or something to get into the sukkah. Whereas the case which the mission is about to discuss is Ho'esis Koso, one who makes his sukkah binailono is between trees. Let's say there are lots of trees next to each other. And he makes his sukkah within the area among the trees. And Ho'ilono is the phonisla. The trees make up his walls. 
Perhaps he's got one or two walls and the trees make up the other wall. The point is, since over here he does not need to climb the tree at all in order to use the sukkah, he doesn't need to touch the tree at all. So therefore, Kashira, the sukkah is valid, and he is also allowed to go there on Yom Tov, because he does not need to climb into the trees at all. He stands on the ground next to the trees, and the trees can be the walls of his sukkah. The next ruling of the Mishnah is based on the law that Ha'isik b'mitzvah potter in mitzvah. One who is involved and busy in one mitzvah is exempt from performing another mitzvah. And because of that, shuluchi mitzvah, those who are messengers traveling in order, in order to perform a mitzvah, paturim sukkah, they are exempt from keeping the mitzvah of sukkah. For example, if there are people who are sent to free captives to redeem them, so they do not need to live in the sukkah, they can stay in a regular inn on the way there, for example. They can eat outside of the sukkah because they are occupied and busying themselves with a different mitzvah, and so they are exempt from this other mitzvah which comes along their way. Choylen, ill people, they are also exempt from staying in the sukkah. The reason being due to an important rule with regards to the laws of sukkahs, and that is teishvu ke'en toduru. So you're supposed to live in your sukkah during sukkahs in the same way as you would live in your house during the rest of the year. Now, if you were inside your house during the rest of the year, and you were ill, and you knew that you had a different place to go to, where you would be more comfortable and it would be easier for you. If you were ill, you would certainly go there. So in this case as well, if somebody on Sukkot is in the Sukkot and he is ill, so he's allowed to go inside to his house, because that's what he would do during the rest of the year. He would go to the more comfortable place. And so Sukkot is no different because of the rule of Teishvu Ke'in Toduru. Now as well as the ill people themselves being exempt from the mitzvah of sukkah, umsham shehen paturmina sukkah. The ones taking care of them are also exempt from the mitzvah of sukkah, and that's based on the previous rule of the Mishnah, of ha'isik b'mitzvah paturmina mitzvah, one who is involved in one mitzvah. In this case they are taking care of the ill person, they are exempt from the other mitzvah of sukkah. Now another application of this rule of teshuk in toduru, that you only have to live in the sukkah in the same way as you would live there during the rest of the year, in your house, is that one is allowed to eat and drink in a temporary manner, as a snack, and not as a fixed regular meal, outside of the sukkah, just like during the rest of the year. He is not particular to eat every single thing that he eats inside his house. If it's just a small snack or something, he would be willing to eat it outside of his house. So to on sukkahs, he only has to eat the real meals inside the sukkah.